Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is another long-awaited episode of the Red and Blue podcast. Yeah, we're back, baby. I'd say we did have a little bit of a lull. We were we did have some ideas, but just there was a lot of schedule changes. I got a new job. Olam got a promotion at his job. Yeah, so a lot so, of real-world stuff going on. Yeah, we've had a lot of stuff going up and down. Um, I was gone for a week, so it's not excuses, but we are going to provide you with more content this year. This isn't over. Red and Blue is going to keep on going to the twenty through the 2019-2020 season and beyond. Yeah, and obviously it's it, it was the summer, so, you know, other than, you know, bringing you some transfer news, there wasn't much to talk about. So, obviously, the season's going to about to start this weekend, so... You know, we had to bring you guys some content, kind of go over the transfers that happened before the uh, deadline and, you know, kind of give us give you guys our power rankings for the big six clubs uh, and what we think they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, the transfer news is really always the biggest part of every summer. Every team teams throughout the world are changing and doing things. Now, the Premier League, their transfer window actually closed today, Thursday, August 8th, closed at about 12 p.m. Uh, our time. Mm-hmm. So 5 p.m. their time. So British clubs can no longer buy players. They can sell players to other clubs, but they can't buy players. So any, cl- so pretty much those teams are set now for the rest of the season. So we are going to go into some of the big six transfer news. Um, there is some of it that we're just going to recap just for people um, that missed any episodes. So I guess we'll go in order of uh, standings just so we can kind of start with one Manchester club and end with one Manchester club from last year. So we're going to start from last year's standings. So first place was Manchester City. Uh, they didn't have, they didn't make a ton of moves this off season. Uh, they, they're really the two big signings that they got were getting Rodri, the, uh, center defense midfielder from Atletico Madrid. You got him for around, around 80 million euros. So, or 80 million pounds. So it's a decent amount. Uh, and then they also got Wow Cancelo. He's a right back Portuguese, right back from uh, Juventus. He got sold and that just brings in more competition for uh, Kyle Walker. And also he can play left back. So, you know. He needs to play left back if Mendy gets hurt again, which I said if, when Mendy gets hurt again. I was about to say, when. Uh, He can play with uh, with uh, Zinchenko as the left back sometimes. So there'll be a little bit of difference and stuff like that. They What's didn't, his dominant foot, though? He's right-footed. Okay. So he can play both. He is, he, I, would say, I wouldn't say he has a bad left foot, but it's not, obviously not as good. Okay. So his weak foot is probably, like, average. So, I mean, he is – and he is really good. He is really pacey. He's able to get up and down the pitch. He was very good for Juventus, but he – wanted to come play with Pep. And I guess Bernardo Silva uh, helped convince him they're Portuguese teammates. So that's another young guy that Pep brought in. He's only 25 years old and Rodri's only 23. So you can definitely see a lot of that in uh, the theme of the of the transfers that Pep has made since he's been a manager and uh, the and the front office. They go for a lot of young guys with a lot of upside. Um, so transfers that is for there. Other than that, there really isn't much news for Manchester City except uh, Leroy Sané did leave the Community Shield uh, which is our, which is like an English preseason tournament. Uh, Liverpool and Manchester City played. He had a knee injury. We're still waiting to hear back what it is. It could be a serious injury. Um, if that's true, then that'll definitely create more competition for people like Riyad Mahrez and Bernardo Silva to step up uh, next to Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero or Gabriel Jesus. So it is a loss, but at the same time, Man City has built themselves for this. So Hopefully nothing happens as the year starts and hopefully it's not that serious because Sané is a super electric player and there was rumors from the summer of him going to Bayern Munich and I was hope and I'm hoping they aren't true because he is so electric, but that's really when it comes down to Manchester City. I mean, it doesn't seem like Pep likes him too much. Uh, I think he just is, he has said before that 
there's going to be times where players don't play just because of the amount of talent on the team. Like Brian Mares barely played last year either. But he was really, didn't he, him and Sané have that little flare up during the season? They did. Some of it was because of Sané's work ethic at the beginning of the year. I think he was really distraught about what happened with him um, during the, the during the team. World Cup with yeah. uh, Germany. So I think he just didn't come in with the right mindset. And Pep got into him a little bit about that. I think Pep still would like to have him in, on the team, and he's even said that he's like, we would love to have him, but if he if he isn't fully committed, we don't want him to feel like he has to stay. So it will be interesting. Again, we do have the depth, but it all, and also the breakout of Bernardo Silva last year was super huge in that. So Bernardo Silva was playing excellent, so he had to get those minutes, and therefore that that it pushes out good players. When you play on a good team, you know this as a United fan. When you have a lot of good players, good players are going to sit sometimes. You need to sell me. Yeah, we need to sell people because we also are still being <laughs> like, investigated. I mean, we also are still being investigated from the financial fair play. So it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I'm like, we do need to sell somebody. It's like we were just looking at team spending, and uh, right up top was Man City. Right? They did sell Danilo um, in the in the swap for uh, Wild Cancelo. So they did. They didn't spend a ton of money there. Uh, Vincent Company left, but he didn't. They didn't pay for it. Douglas Luis left. He was a young and up and coming player. Debbie and Delph left. So yeah, they didn't, they did spend a lot more money than they left. So it is going to be really um, interesting to see what happens. But yeah, other than that, Manchester city, they made a couple changes and uh, there's not really too much else that they did. Um, Juventus or not Juventus Liverpool is pretty much the same way. Yeah. They, I don't think they did anything. No, nah, they, re- they pretty much did absolutely nothing. They really just got rid of, they players. won champions. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of players don't do it. So yeah. Like I said, we're just going. We're going through this, and if they didn't do much, we're not gonna not gonna over explain some a two million dollar player that we don't know. Yeah, and y'all, it's like we all watched the league last year. We kind of know what Liverpool's about at this point. We don't need to rehash that too much, right? And then surprisingly, Chelsea finished third last year. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, weird. Weird season. Yeah, the season, the, <laughs> the end of the season was weird because of where each team, a lot of those teams were in uh, European competitions. So. It was really odd just seeing teams like kind of jockeying for champions or for Premier League, but at the same time jockeying in their in their respective competitions. And just all the bullshit that Chelsea went through last season with the coach and Hazard, you know, basically saying for the past two years he was going to leave. And and this is two years in a row now with coaches where, I mean, it's not as bad as last year. They literally went into preseason with a different coach and then got sorry sorry uh sorry the manager left after one year to go back to juventus he is italian he's a native there so it makes sense and it's a big club so he isn't really going down in uh and uh club. hello greatest player on the world yeah, on the team gets, <laughs> and he gets the coach ronaldo so <laughs> fuck it it's an easy decision when, when an opening like that comes you really just have to you really just have to take it especially with chelsea's transfer man he couldn't even do anything why would you want that job yeah exactly I don't know why he took it in the first place, but that's another so issue. So they got Frank Lampard in. He's a former Chelsea great. So a lot of the fans there are happy that he's the manager. Hasn't he, been doing too well in preseason. Yeah, Chelsea has not been doing that well. I mean, they and on top of that, we've said plenty of times they have a transfer ban. Yeah. So this next window, that this window that they had, they really couldn't do anything. Um, just to recap, I mean, they, they kept Mateo Kovacic. He was on loan, and now they officially kept him. Um, they loaned out Danny Drinkwater. He wasn't really getting much playing time. Uh, Pulisic is in. He's really their one big signing. Yeah. I mean, how do you think Pulisic's going to do for them? Uh, I just like kind of like we were saying. I just think it's kind of a si- shitty situation to get thrown into if you're Pulisic because you know you're just all the change in the club the past uh, year, um, all the instability that you're having to go through. 
the frustration of the club not being able to bring in any pieces that you would need to supplement a great player like Pulisic. You kind of just hope that Frank Lamp- Lampard can game plan around Pulisic and, and you know, they can make a run, especially since they are going to be in champions next year. They can't really kind of goose egg it and do what man you did and kind of say whatever to champions next year because we're kind of rebuilding. Chelsea doesn't really have that luxury, even though with the transfer ban, that's probably the smart way to go. But again, if you can't bring in players – you can't really rebuild. So they're kind of just stuck competing with the players they have. So, you know, you kind of just hope for uh, Frank Lampard and that he can, uh, you know, game plan around Pulisic. Uh, In terms of Pulisic, kind of just hope that he's going in with a good mindset because, like I said, it's kind of a shitty situation to get thrown into. Um, But, you know, maybe being in the Premier League with people who, you know, naturally speak English, maybe that'll, you know, bolster his play. Yeah, no, it definitely is going to be a big thing, and he'll have to play well to uh, help replace uh, Eden Hazard because Eden Hazard, the uh, long-term, basically the best player on their team, basically the heart and the LeBron James of their team, got transferred to Real Madrid. He finally got his wish. He's finally joining uh, Tabio Courtois, his best friend at Real Madrid. Finally, but I mean, that's going to be—I think that's going to be the biggest interesting thing for me is just seeing, you know, how how, really how much did he affect them, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. last year it seemed like he, he played really well. Yeah, he yeah. played really well. He had a really year. good season. Yeah, so it's kind of it kind of sucks. <laughs> kind of yeah. sucks for them because like it'd be one thing if your best player you know announces he wants to leave a year in advance and then the year before sucks. Then it's like yeah. oh shit, you know, Rio's like what did we get ourselves into? But he played amazing, so they're like fuck it, let's go. And you're left with nothing because you can't bring anything other than you know. A, the players to, you already brought the in. The players you already brought in. And granted, Pulisic's a great player, but it, is, he gonna hazard. Be, is he going to be hazard in his first year in the Premier League? And we can all admit, we say it many times on this podcast, Premier League's the best league in the world. You know, so it's going to be a change for him to, you know, just get used to the pace. Maybe it'll be a little easier for him just because he is naturally kind of a pacey player. Well, it will, you did bring up a good point about just the way it's played. I mean... German football is played differently than English football is played. Right. So he is going to have to adjust to that. And he probably didn't play this way. He probably played and he's been playing the German way for a long time because not only was he playing that for his club, he also had a German style, German manager when he was with the United States team for a long time. That's a good point. So his whole mindset has kind of been German football. So it will be interesting. And he came up, I think he came up from a young age, I think, in the Dortmund system. For no, he did. Period. Yeah, so, yeah, no, he did. That's where so he started. So he's it, been it, bred to play German style football. Yeah. That, that, yeah. So it will be an adjustment, like I'm saying. But that being said, I don't think it'll be too bad for him just because of, again, his style of play. It's very pacey. He has a very light touch, probably the best touch an American player has had in how, who knows how long, probably Clint Dempsey. Yeah. So like, and even Clint Dempsey's touch is nowhere near as good as Pulisic, right. in my opinion. So, like, I think those things will translate, but, it, you know, just his mindset, it'll be interesting to see where he's at. Right. Now, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see how an American handles being in the Premier League because we don't, you don't see many Americans playing at high levels in the Premier League. Yeah, and, when you, and like, exactly high level being the key word there because when you do see Americans in the Premier League play for some shit team, and like, I, like we always bring up, I think the – best American to play for like a decent squad was Tim Howard with Everton, I think. Yeah, he was, he was up there. And then back in the day, Alexi Lala played, 
Lawless played in the Premier League. So it's pretty rare to see a good American player. Who did he succeed. play for, though? Was it a good team? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, Landon Donovan briefly played in the Premier League, and he didn't, and it wasn't for him, and he went back to the U.S. So Dempsey played a little bit in the Premier League, but not much. He mostly spent time in the U.S. So. And, all, and, and again, all of these guys, it's like they have their stints in the Premier League, but it's never. I think the guy I can think of is DeAndre Yedlin. He played for Newcastle for a long time. Yeah, but he, and it's like all of these and he people. started for them for. And played well, but I mean, other than that, yeah, Americans usually do not have success in the Premier League. So and, he's but, the most talented player we've seen. But it, I, I'm, and I'm not even talking success, let alone success, but get a chance at a, from a top six squad, right? Like all of those names we mentioned did not play for top six teams. Yeah. He's the only person to get you know get put on the stage. So it's like it, it'll be interesting to see how he does it because he's the first American to do it to no, be I on agree. the stage. So. You know, it'll be interesting. At least, yeah, uh, Chelsea will definitely be one of the teams that is going to be very polarizing this year, whether it's for the good or the bad. For the bad, yeah, exactly. And then, the, I mean, and then we have to talk about the runners up in the Champions League, uh, the Cinderella kind of at the end of the year in the Champions League, Tottenham Hotspur. They finally did something that people have asked for them for years, and that's spend money. <laughs> for real. And they were able to get some really good players. See, see but uh, I know, uh, Coach, I'm forgetting his name. Poch. Uh, Pochettino. Pochettino. Yeah. Uh, he, I know he was like, look, I just got fucking second in the Champions League. If you don't give me fucking money, I'm a fucking I'm out of so, here. I'm leaving so quick. Like, And they really tried for a lot of different players. Apparently, he called Felipe Coutinho and tried to get him out on loan because he really wanted him to be there. Uh, they were in deep negotiations with Paolo Dybala from Juventus until uh, just some image rights and some other like small details just and wages. He was asking for a lot of wages. And... Tottenham, so Tottenham was in the conversation with a lot of really good players, and they snagged a couple of them too. A lot of them young players that could really help build that core. So the, the first guy they got was uh, Tanguy Dombele. He was playing for Olympique Lyon last year. He really showed out against uh, Manchester City uh, in the Champions League. He was really their engine. Uh, that's a great signing for them because they need a defensive-minded midfielder. Yeah, I think that was a good signing. I'd say because with Erickson and. Uh, Ali, they need someone that's at least willing to play some defense. Yeah. And Dombele, while he is someone that can move forward, he is someone that can also go up, sit back a little bit, and be able to help them. And then they also signed a, a really young, up-and-coming uh, British player. His name's Ryan Sesignon. How do you say it? Sesignon? I have no idea. All you know I who he is, though, right? Yeah. All I know is that Fulham got worked last year. Yeah. <laughs> so and, he is on a come-up. That's all I know. <laughs> and honestly... Uh, for, uh, he's a 19-year-old. There is some still things that are unknown about him. He is a good goal scorer, but there's been talk about him playing left back, left midfield, left wing. He is, he'll probably be on the deployed on the left side at some point, but from what I've been told, he is at 19. He is able to play a couple different positions, so it'll be interesting to see whether they play wingers with Harry Kane or if they decide to put him in the midfield kind of as a little bit more up to then help Harry Kane as he like cuts inside or they'll something. They'll probably put him on the midfield just because you're – I feel like too much up top with Song and Harry Kane. You clog up top, right? Because you need because ideally you would probably have Song behind Kane as like a center forward type player. I don't even know about that. The way Song showed out this year without, but Kane. he also can play out on the out wide, so he can play left mid as well. Um, it really depends on how you want to play them, but yeah, Sesignon will be another uh, piece for them. He, he probably won't play a bunch, but he'll play enough to the point. He's a he's nineteen. So this is a guy that they are kind of building into their next cycle for whenever they do lose those Christian Eriksons and those Toby Alderweireld's type of players. So Tottenham, while they did spend money, they still are a club, they still are a club that isn't someone that can spend with the likes of the Manchester clubs 
uh, Chelsea, uh, the, the La Liga clubs, like they still can't spend at that level. So this summer they were able to get a couple. They also uh, got a lo- on loan uh, Giovanni Lo Celcio. They can definitely spend more than they do, though. They can, and but and they had to, and they also gave away a couple players to help with this. They a couple smaller players. Uh, Trippier actually was their starter right back. So Tottenham is very stingy, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but. they're similar, <laughs> they are similar to their uh, their northern London counterparts in Arsenal. But I mean, both clubs did spend. We'll get to, and we'll get to them. But like I said, Giovanni Lo Celcio, he's an Argentinian player, uh, Italian player. He's actually pretty good. Uh, they got him on loan just because they couldn't agree to an actual fee. But I do believe there is an option to buy at some point. So most likely he'll be there for the long term unless there is unless he just doesn't fit in or if there's any other issues. He's a good center mid. He can play a little bit up and a little bit back as well. So they definitely solidified that midfield that was uh, that was lacking at points. Mm-hmm. When Sissoko was having to play major minutes and playing well, but at the same time, Sissoko is not someone you want to depend on. Uh, they didn't really lose anybody. And then Arsenal, yeah. Their northern counterparts, they spent money this offseason, yeah. which was weird. <laughs> Very weird. Because usually they're trying to nickel and dime everybody, but they actually paid a huge fee for Nicolas Pepe. Which is weird because they didn't even make champions. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm like, what are you spending all this money for? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think they really just want to make it back to champions. I think that I think they're that's they're, the goal. Make yes, spend it ahead of time so that way you can see it. I mean, Nicolas Pepe played really well for Liel in the and Ligue 1, which is the French Premier League last year. I mean, he scored a lot of goals. He gave up a lot of assists. But again, like Olam said, countless number of times, the Premier League is a completely different animal than the French league, especially the French league is. Not bad, but it's definitely not up to the tier of the Premier League or even like the or even La Liga. Mm. So he is going to have a big adjustment. He's a winger. He'll play out on wings. Uh, he'll probably help with Lacazette and Aubameyang. So I mean, they do have a really lethal front three, which is important in the Premier League. Hey, but- offense, and that's what I'm kind of uh, sorry to cut you off, but that's kind of my problem with Arsenal, which is kind of what I want to get into, is that offense is never really the problem. It's that they can't stop anybody. So a move that I do like that I want to propose to you is the David Luiz move because a, yeah. because it's interesting. It's interesting because I don't I don't know how much I don't know how much you're gonna work him at this age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't know because because they also signed this other dude. Uh, Kieran Tierney. Yeah, he's so, a left back from. Uh, he's a Scottish left back. I just don't know. It's like I know they're trying to fortify that defense, but it'll just be interesting to see how much they really uh, utilize David Luiz because he's someone who, even if he's not, you know, his most effective, just because he's older, he's a game manager. He's the right. he's the center back you want back there, directing everybody and controlling the flow to the midfield, to the offense, and then to the goal. So like, I'd rather have him than Licksteiner playing. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see how kind of how all these signings work together in tandem because their offense has never been the problem. They're, they score at, like, one of the highest rates in the Premier League. It's just they can't stop anybody. Like, they, right. people also score on them at one of the highest rates. So it's like, uh, I really hope, uh, you know, just for their sake, that, they you know, these moves do pay off. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe uh, Pepe is just a type of – is just an Emery – uh, Unai Emery player, so mm-hmm. it might just be someone that he's trying to bring in ahead of time because yeah. it is it is his second full window as the manager. Yeah. So he probably just wants to bring in a couple more guys, and then I mean they made a lot of probably they probably made the, two of the most high profile moves in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, your club, Manchester United, uh, they made a lot of they didn't make a lot of moves, but they made a lot of 
impactful moves, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I really – it wasn't everything that I wanted. Um, yesterday, the Lukaku shit went down, and he's going to Milan – or Milan. Um, I can't say I'm thrilled about that. Better step up, Rashford. I cannot say I'm thrilled about that because – you know, I feel like last year when all the shit was going on with Pogba and there were spurts when we couldn't count on Pogba, there were, you know, and don't get me wrong, I know uh, Lukaku was super streaky for us as well, but I feel like le- we could lean on him, especially, you know, once uh, uh, once Ali came in. I feel like we could rely on Lukaku and Rashford's offense a little more than we could Pogba. So it's just weird that, like, Ollie going forward is like, nope, we're keeping Pogba, we're not selling him for anything, and then we ship off Lukaku when we could have sold him, like, any time this month. Yeah, that's true. It's just, it's it was just, like, weird timing to me. Hmm? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird timing to me. But um, other than that, I really liked the moves we made. The big signing was bringing in Harry Maguire. Great um, signing. What was the fee here? Uh, 85? No. It says 59 so. million, but it's around 80. It is around like 80 million for him. Yeah. 80 million, uh, pa- 80 million pounds, I believe. Yeah. So we kind of overpaid a little bit. But he is the most expensive center back now in history. He did pass Virgil van Dijk by about 5 million pounds. Yeah, so we kind of overpaid, I think. But the reason why I'm not mad at it is because our defense was shit. Similar to Arsenal, like I feel like a lot of Man U's problems were because we couldn't stop anybody. And then the offense became stagnant because we shifted into a defensive position. So I'm hoping that Harry Maguire can be that anchor. You know, we have one of the best goalkeepers in the world, despite his national team play in De Gea. So... You know, another British boy. So having him in the back, relaying things to Harry Maguire and having the game manager, you know, the starter for the English team back there, you know, directing traffic again, similar to Arsenal, who can work it to our midfield and then work it up to our, our, you know, our forwards. I think that is it's going to be it's going to be really good. So I really like that. No, I really liked the Harry Maguire signing. I think that's a massive signing for them because he could also provide leadership and maybe be an eventual captain for them if if Pogba ever does leave for them because I know he did he didn't make it this window, but there's always going to be those rumors. And that's exactly what I was thinking the second we signed him. I'm like that's a future captain for Man U, no question. And he's young, still pretty young. He's only 26 and he's played in he's played for Leicester for a long time. He I think if I remember correctly, he was a young man when they won that Premier League title. So he has been in big situations before and he has dealt with the Premier League forever. And even and and even fuck his club situation. The way he handled the World Cup and England, I think was beautiful. He's really that game manager. Uh his teammates like him, they trust him, and that's exactly yeah. what you want in a center back. He's a bit he's physical too, so good luck get good luck getting by. Him. Which is Perfect. Him, the, the, him in tandem with uh, Pogba in the midfield, we're going to be so big and beefy. Who the fuck is going to run through yeah, us? Yeah, it's really just going to be someone would have to run by him because that is probably his biggest weakness is he's not doesn't have the most pace for a center back. But and, but, but, and, and the reason why okay. I love it is because we have Shaw, who is pacey on the other side. So, you know, he can cover in tandem if he's pushing. You can have him shift onto the other side. It's going to work beautiful. And I'm sure all he's going to have, you know, he's going to draw up sets that are really going to um, – allow our defense to excel in a way that we haven't under Mourinho and in previous years. Um, kind of going to other signings. I mean, we, so yeah, and then on the other side, you just signed another, you just signed a right back. You signed Aaron Juan Basaka. Basaka. So again, kind of overpaid, but I'm fine with it. Another because, Premier League guy. 
Yeah, and because we needed the defense, so I'm fine with it. Again, get fucking uh, get Baye out of here, get Jones out of here. Fuck that shit, Smalling. Yeah, Smalling, get him fucking out of here. So now we have like a really solid defensive set. Throw Shaw in there, and our defense, I think, is going to be really fucking good. You know, there's going to be growing pains. Obviously, you know, learning McGuire's cues, what he likes to, you know, everybody has every center back has different things that they like to do, and also knowing for the fullbacks how Ali wants them to be deployed. So right. Luke Shaw knows, so that'll be up to Aaron Juan Basaka to and, talk to Luke Shaw. Right, and that just comes with having new players. You got to get used to the system. Ali is. He just became manager. And this is his first full year. Right. It's his first full year. So he's still, that's a good point. He's still implementing his system. But it might also work because these new players are coming in fresh. So Mm -hmm. they can just learn all these systems without even thinking about what Mourinho used to want them to do. They don't have that baggage. Like, because Rashford last year kind of had some growing pains, kind of unlearning Mourinho's system and then learning what Ollie wanted him to do, which is a more free, freestyle, uh, type flowy type of play it's more it's the man you wait it's the beautiful game that's what we do right so you know just kind of i think it'll be good you know kind of having fresh people from the defensive side because like i always say you know your sets go for, start from the goalkeeper and work your way up so having these new defensive people it'll be great it'll be beautiful and it, i think it'll really just energize the whole team and how we play you know kind of going on we I mean, you did get daniel James, who I think will be a good rotation piece for you guys. He's a young guy. And that's that's another thing I was going to highlight. Ollie really wanted them to go young, and Harry Maguire is the oldest guy that they got, and he's 26. So, Pasaka, 21. Daniel James, 21. That Those are really big things to help because he wants them to be here for the long term and wants them to be red. Right. And, and, and we're sitting here looking at this transfer list, but it's not, it doesn't even mention, you know, some of the some of the young guys that, that moved up. You right. Know? You, have te- you have Chong and you have Mason Greenwood. And Mason Greenwood, who I've been – actually really good in preseason right so you know like you said ollie's really kind of focusing on youth while still bringing in you know capable players um like harry Maguire, who can still really help and kind of mentor this younger you're this younger squad yeah that but, may, that may but he isn't that. so old that he'll grow out, he'll grow out of exactly. it for their window exactly it's like that pogba 26 27 age where it's like they're they're still in their prime and they can still make an impact they're seasoned at this point they both have had world cup yeah. Um, success. So I'm hoping that you know any issues that Pogba had last season, he's he's here. That's we're, we're not is, selling him. Yeah. So hopefully I, you know, we can work it all together. And uh, Joe Pereira, I, you know, I don't know much about him. Uh, goalkeeper, obviously to back up De Gea, but he's young. Again, we're trending young. So even if uh, anything does happen to De Gea, pray to God not that we uh, we have these young guys who are in the wings who are getting the you know, hand-on experience of being on the bench, learning the cues, and, you know, really just going to help Man U thrive going forward. You know, you guys heard me talk a lot last year about uh, kind of the rebuilding process. And I think while we kind of struck out on a couple people, you know, the Erickson thing kind of fell through because the Dabala thing didn't happen. But Right, but that's not rebuilding in my opinion. That's right. retooling. And that's retooling. And I think – and that's kind of what I was getting at is that I think we're doing – we've done a good job this transfer window of bringing in a good amount of youth and bringing in a good amount of – of you know older depth proven talent proven talent that can yeah. really help improve the man U squad and even even if we are kind of quote unquote rebuilding we don't we don't have to take like you know a tanking basketball uh if you guys right. know basketball we don't have to take like that drastic approach we can still compete and still you know get valuable experience for right i still think manchester united will be able to compete for champions league this year i don't know if they, i don't think they'll win the league but at the same time anything's possible and before we go we were going to d- talk about the power rankings and each break down our lists, but 
We have the same. We ranking. have the same list. <laughs> we were talking before, and Graham told me to do my list, and it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll start from number one. Number one, Liverpool. Liverpool. I, I, I'm a Man City fan, but Liverpool is the Champions League champs, and they, the champs, and they were only one point off of Manchester City. It took a massive, massive streak for Manchester City to come back. It's not discounting Man City, but. Liverpool, to me, is still the best team in the world. I haven't seen Cancelo and Rodri in the system yet. Maybe that'll help bring them over. Second's Man City. They're still really good. But again, they have to get over that hump with Champions Champions League. And they have to be able to play Liverpool well. And they're going to have to prove it again. Domestic teams and champions. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And if they run into that again, they'll have a problem. Uh, Third, we had Tottenham. And Tottenham is probably the last team we could see winning the champ- the Premier League. Just because of how well they yeah. did last year. And they did add some new pieces. Yeah, and they spent And they're bringing back Harry Kane from injury. So yeah. they'll have, they will definitely be able to compete. I don't know if they'll win it, but they will be able to compete. And then fourth, we had, what was it? We had Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manchester United, again, they're going to be a good team. They're going to compete for Champions League. I don't think people, I think people are overreacting about them finishing seventh, eighth. They're going to compete for the Champions League. And they might miss it, but at the same time, it would not surprise me if they finished third. Yeah. So I think we definitely have the talent uh, to make a run. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – so I don't want to discredit them. And then we had Arsenal fifth. Arsenal is going to be better this year with another year of Unai Emery. Also spent money. They also spent money. And then last is just – it's Chelsea. They lost their manager. They lost their best player. They're on a transfer ban, and they really don't have as much depth as they did. And they're bringing in Christian Pulisic, who's a young, talented player, but young. Right. <laughs> so, again, those are one through six – we only went through it quickly because, again, it's the same. So that's going to be the big the big six teams. And, again, there are going to be teams that are going to pop up early in the season that will impress, and we'll talk about those teams as those games happen. But uh, make sure you check out our tree, the Tree City Sports Street team, especially make sure you check out Tree City Gaming now. Yes. That is popping yes, off. Yes, yes. Everybody – Join the Tree City uh, Street Team at TreeCityRecords.com. We have Tree City Gaming super popping off at Tree City uh, underscore GG. Uh, if you guys want to follow us and just get, uh, you know, times for when I'm streaming, when anybody on the team is streaming and things like that, we super appreciate it. Um, we're probably going to come back with another podcast after opening weekend this week. I think we should do kind of just an analysis podcast, see where everyone's at after the bigger games and uh, just give you guys uh, some more content. You know, the season's here. We're happy about it. So, again, we will be back for Red and Blue. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Red and Blue podcast. Make sure you stay tuned. Peace.